0: I'm Kate Northrup,
1: and I'm Mike Watts, and we're partners in life, love, and business.
0: Welcome to the Kate and Mike show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hey, welcome to the Kate and Mike show. This is Kate. This is Mike. We have... Such a good interview for you today. We have Sonia R. Price Herbert on, who can be found on Instagram as at Commando Fitness Collective. She is also the founder of Black Girl Pilates, which can be found on Instagram as at Black Girl Pilates. And we'll talk more about what that is during the episode. But she is a Pilates instructor, a fitness enthusiast, and she talks about black female representation in the fitness world. She's also just about to turn 50 and is starting powerlifting. So she's also such a beacon for wellness. She's not
1: starting. She has a powerlifting competition coming up.
0: Sorry, I meant yeah. starting to compete in yes. powerlifting. Yes, yes, yes She's yes. a beacon for representation, for social justice and also for really, I think, combating ageism. Mm -hmm. Even though we didn't talk about ageism, that word specifically, that is what she's doing. Yes. And so she is a writer also and a speaker and she calls herself the Angela Davis of fitness. And she lives in New York City, teaches Pilates, is doing powerlifting competitions. And with Black Girl Pilates, she created this group. So because she found that Black women were underrepresented in Pilates, and she loved it so much, she wanted to bring it to her community, but realized that there was not a space for Black women to come together who are Pilates instructors. And actually, she also has another space for black women who want to take Pilates to talk about the unique challenges of that, of what comes up. And I'll have her talk about that because obviously I don't understand the unique challenges of that, but it's a really important conversation about representation and how important it is that we as business owners and as human beings consider representing the people that we want to reach. Because when we don't see ourselves in things, we automatically assume it is not for us. And that is not always the case, but we have such a history of a lack of inclusivity, a lack of equity and a lack of diversity. So do you wanna talk about anything?
1: I think you covered the whole, yeah, I don't have anything to add. It's really good. I really enjoy talking to her.
0: She's a badass.
1: And I asked this question towards Mm -hmm. the end of the podcast, but you guys can listen for that uh, regarding just like really taking yourself seriously.
0: And finding who you are.
1: Yeah. And finding who you are. And it was, I love her answer and it's really cool. And I feel like it's because you don't have to, I was actually talking to my buddy yesterday, who's 34, I think 34, 35. And he was having a really hard time about life identity and kind of where he's going and like, what's he doing in the world and what he has been. And in this interview, we talk about where it was like, you know, she was like forty seven 48, 49, and she like found her groove i feel like is what she really kind of hit on during her episode you know at closer to 50 so it's not about like just defining everything that you're gonna do it, she has a great theme for your 20s 30s and 40s it was i love listening to that but it was it was just a great i don't know it's just a great story yeah she's, she's got a great story she does enjoy the episode
0: all right, welcome, Sonia. Thank you for being here on the Kate and Mike Show.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure.
0: I'm so happy. Thanks to for being you. here. So we should we
2: should talk about
1: powerlifting right off the
0: bat. Should we just start with powerlifting? Yeah. So <laughs> we're just starting with powerlifting. <laughs> no right before, problem. Right before <laughs> we hit record, um, Sonia was telling us that you have a powerlifting your first ever powerlifting meet coming up three days before your 50th birthday.
2: Yes, I do. And yeah, so let me just give you a little history behind me in competition. First of all, I grew up with two very competitive boys. I'm the middle and also a bunch of guys on my mom's side, just all athletes. I'm athletic, but never competed in anything. And so the very first thing I competed in was a bodybuilding contest, maybe like like three years ago. And after that contest, I realized it wasn't for me. It was fun. I enjoyed the lifting. But I I wanted to find something else to compete in. So I was like, well, what is it going to be? You know, it has to be something with weights, obviously. So I went from I started out with Olympic weightlifting, decided, well, the way my body is set up, I don't know if I wanna put my shoulders at risk. Um, so and I wasn't sure if that was quite it. I had looked into powerlifting. I was like, hmm, I really like those lifts. And those, there's three lifts for powerlifting. There's deadlift, which is a pull. There's squat, which obviously we know what that is. And then there's a press, which is bench press. So you compete in all three lifts. And you can find t- contests where you just compete in like one specific lift. But I figure if I'm going to go all in, I might as well go all in. So I have... Several friends, several very close friends who are powerlifters, and one of them also does strongman. So these are all women, and I told them about you know me wanting to. It's like I've been talking about it for years, but I never did. I did like a for Women's Strength Coalition. I did this is kind of like a, a mock contest, but it wasn't really it wasn't really a contest or meet. We were raising money for the Ali center. And they work specifically with lesbian, gay, transgender, A plus, I'll say that. (laughs) I don't want to miss everybody. And so we're raising money for that center. And we did it by deadlifting. So we got to wear what we wanted to wear. And so it was kind of, kind of gives you an idea what a meet would sort of be like, but just more fun. Right. So I decided after then, I think my pull was 185. And I was like, okay, I think I can do this. So I talked to my friends and I said, you know, I think I'm ready to do it and um, paid for my contest. And I started early September training. So I train about three days a week and it's long. (laughs) It's long, but I enjoy it. So I bench three days a week. I squat two days a week and I deadlift one day a week. It doesn't seem like it's a lot of days for most lifters. It's a lot of days for me, given that I also have to teach Pilates as well and try to have a social life and possibly go to yoga or something like that. So, And buy groceries maybe every now and then. (laughs) Yeah, so I found a a meet and just happened to be December 2nd in Stony Brook, Long Island. And I'm going to be competing in the Open, I think, and the Master's Division. So Master's meaning... I'm just older. <laughs> That's it. So I think I'll be competing against folks like 40 plus. And then there are weight divisions. If I'm correct, I think the weight division that I'm competing in is 60. It's either 63 kilograms or 68 kilograms because everything's done in kilograms, not in pounds. Okay. So I have to this week or tonight, beginning tonight, I'm going to be working on the commands. They give you the command to either lift, pull, or press, and then you have to hold it until they tell you to either rack it for the bench press, drop it for the deadlift, or rack it for the squat. So I have to work on those, so I'll know. Because I could get – you get three lights if you actually do it correctly. So all of this stuff is new. I'm learning all this stuff. There's all these, like, I have – this equipment that I have to wear, like I have a uh, like a weight belt, my weight belt is camouflage, which I'm very excited about. I have these wrist wraps to protect my wrists for weightlifting camouflage <laughs> that says so much about me. Um, I also have what's like a singlet or I guess in other words, for those of us parents it's almost it's like a onesie. <laughs> With extra legs, yeah. That's basically without what this. Crotch yeah, crotch. without the yes, without the snaps at the crotch. It's plain. It's just black, and then yeah. I have to wear a t-shirt underneath. And I have these lifting shoes for my squatting, and then for uh, bench press and for uh, for bench press and deadlift, I can just wear a regular old Converse and cool. Well, not cool socks, but there's so many rules with it, uh-huh. and yeah, it's just it's.
1: Now, do you? Yeah. When you go into your your weights, so mm-hmm. because you get how many attempts at each one?
2: You get three you get three. Well, you have three, let's say I go in for my deadlift, so I'll have three chances to do it. So my opener lift will be not necessarily an easy lift, but a lift that I could do several times, like many times, many repetitions. Your second lift is just a little little bit more difficult, and then your last lift is it's like your one rep max so for me for example my plan is to go in with my deadlifts i'm going to start out 175 that's going to be my opener
1: pounds right
2: Mm -hmm. and then 185 is will be my second attempt and then 195 will be my third so Mm -hmm
1: how far in between those do you because it's not one right after the other there's a break no
2: yeah there's there's a little bit of a break in between this is going to be my first like full meet so a lot of things i'm going to be learning i'm going to have one of my friends who does strongman and she also does powerlifting as well she's going to be back there sort of coaching me and giving my numbers and all that stuff like that you know depending on where you fall It could be fairly quick you know it just depends so I assume that they'll probably like break things up they'll break things up like you know they'll start out with this is just what I'm thinking they'll have like their deadlifts first and then you know maybe their squats and then you'll do you know then they'll do bench and stuff like that but I could be wrong so this is gonna be my first experience so it's gonna be a big learning experience for me cool that you're taking that on no it's awesome it is, yeah. My kids are, my kids are pretty excited about it. But I mean, they know that their mom's a little wacky, um, <laughs> but they're excited <laughs> about it. Hopefully, they'll come. My son probably won't because he's in college. But hopefully, my daughter will be able to come out and watch. And if not, there'll be plenty of recording done. Oh, so, sure.
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I have excited. a question. Because can I share your birthday? Like your
2: Absolutely, you sure oh. can. You want to give the full year too? <laughs> no
1: I don't, I don't well you
2: just well, told us I before it. Said. yeah i mean it's 1968 so it was a oh, it okay. was a good it was a good year okay <laughs> it was a very good year yes
1: and so you're going to be 50 at this meet i have a question for you well before a... the meet i'll be 50 oh, right before the meet. yeah yeah your mm-hmm. birthday is right after oh, so the...
0: three days after i see Yeah. yes
1: okay. so you're turning mm-hmm. 50 and then three days later you're doing this powerlifting competition well, three so, days before I'm doing the powerlifting, and then, then my then yes, okay, yes, so, exactly. <laughs> as someone who is turning fifty, mm-hmm. lifting like 185 pounds to do a deadlift is that's that's good movement. That's a, you know, a lot of weight. And there has been so I do CrossFit style workouts as well in our garage. <laughs> we have a gym. You know, oh Kate, wonderful, done mm-hmm. all sorts of different things that we've done as well. So from a fitness mm-hmm. standpoint, and. One thing I heard over the last six months is that trainers are being, or there was a, there was a article that went viral. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? That they talked mm-hmm. about when people are over the age of like 45. You don't have them squat because oh. in the fitness world. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about the advantages of, as you're getting, you know, as we age mm-hmm. the importance of doing these movements that you're talking about, not everybody's. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, bench press all the time or become a power or become a power lifter. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I mean, if you think about it, those three moves are things that we do every day. We squatting is like sitting down, you know, we're probably going to have to pull something, you know, either our children or, you know, we're going to have to pull a cart or something. We're going to have to press something. You know, a press or a push could be anything. We might have to push a door open. We might have to push our couch, you know, to another part of the living room. So those are very functional movements. And the older you get, the stronger you should be. So it's like when you're born, you know, your kids have a specific sort of strength, you know, and maybe they're not as strong as like an adult. But as they get older, they get stronger, But for some reason, I feel like, and maybe you feel the same way, I feel like we're told that once we get to like maybe 40, that we should just like lay down and die and, you know, just kind of like go, you know, well, you know, that's just how the world is. And, you know, you're just supposed to just, you know, give things up, you know, and why would you do that? I mean, why would you, I mean, you're literally just giving up your life, you know? So do I just want to not be able to function you know, through life, do I not want to be able to pick up my groceries? Do I by myself? Do I not want to be able to rearrange my furniture if I'd like to? Or, you know, if my kids choose to have grandchildren, do I not want to be able to run around with them? Or do I just want to lay in the bed and not be able to do the things that everybody else is doing? Just because I'm 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90, it doesn't mean that my life is over. And, I was really upset about that article. I'm not sure where they got their statistics <laughs> or I have to, I'd have to go back and look and see who wrote it. I don't understand why they would say that you shouldn't have someone squat or push or press or whatever. I could understand if that person has injuries to the point where it's just it's not appropriate. Like there's things that you're just not going to be able to do. But I also will say this, like that person still has to sit down. Maybe they may not squat with weight, you know, or whatever, but they still have to learn how to sit down. That's functional movement. Everybody has to learn how to sit. Everybody's got to learn how to pick something up or whatever. You know, it's just your, it's your regular everyday movement. And that's how I describe exercise to folks. I was like, exercise is just what we do every day. It's just that we might add a little bit more weight to it so that we'll get stronger as we get older. That's what you want. That's my goal is to be stronger. I can say now that, you know, as I get ready to turn 50, that I'm strong. I'm way stronger than I was when I was 21. And that was before I had kids. And I was still, you know, I was lifting probably not as consistently as I am now, but I'm way stronger now than I was then. And as you know, when I turn 60, I hope to be even stronger than I was 50. And I hope that I'll be competing at that time. And I hope that I will be an example. And I feel like I have been an example to my kids and to their kids that they choose to have them and anybody else that sees me that your life doesn't stop after 40. Mm -hmm, And your life mm -hmm. also doesn't stop after kids. It just doesn't.
1: And the world puts
2: so many stops on it. Yeah, it changes. Yeah, (laughs) for the good. I mean, and you know, well, I mean, it depends on the day how you're feeling, but it doesn't stop. You know, we are so quick to give death to something when, you know, there's death is it's not really like an end of, it's not a terrible end. It's just an, I think it's the beginning of something greater. You know, I mean, if we're talking about death, death, but To put death on something that's already living, you know, like, well, you know, I mean, it's like we're preparing ourselves to die, like, right now, like, okay, you're going to die and you're 40, <laughs> you know, you you're better walk,
0: Yeah, better yeah. wind it down.
2: Yeah. yeah, wind it down. That's pretty much what it is. And it even goes into something like I was talking to someone about retiring because someone said to me, so, Sonia, when are you going to retire from all this? And I was like, all of what? And they're like, well, you know, are you going to just be, you just going to be working out like this? And absolutely, because I don't want to just lay on my couch and then just, you know, if your body stops moving, your mind stops thinking and creating, then it does die. Why do I want to put myself in a place to to die early, yeah. whether it's in the grave or just in my mind or in my body? Why would I do that? And why would I'm trying to be an example to my kids and maybe other people. So I'm going to tell my kids that at 40, you know, you should just prepare to die. That's basically what I'm telling my kids. And I, am not willing to do that. I'm not ready to die. I got stuff to do, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm curious along this conversation of, of fitness and longevity, how Mm -hmm. did you find Pilates and, and can you just tell me your Pilates story?
2: Oh, sure. So my daughter is a former dancer. She danced from like six to about 18. And her ballet teacher was actually my very first Pilates instructor. And my daughter was going to Harlem School of the Arts. And she was her ballet teacher from, you know, until she graduated high school pretty much. And one of my other friends was my daughter's modern teacher. And he told me, hey, you know. Miss Shipley, it's Cynthia Shipley. Hi, Cynthia. You know, she teaches this class called Pilates. I had never heard of it. I was like, what is that? It sounds strange and weird. And so he said, well, you know, it's about your core. It's about your abdominals. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know about that. I think that I'm pretty strong. And, you know, I've always been lifting and my abs look great. So whatever. And he's like, no, you think he's like, I think you really like this. He said, it's really not what you think. And I think that you'll find it's challenging. So I was like, OK, whatever. So I was like, fine, I'll go. So I go to the class with him and she uses him as the example and he looks great. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's, you know, that's easy. Oh, no problem. Well, I left that class just embarrassed. <laughs> wow. I just, I mean, simple movements that I thought well, what I assumed was simple. I thought, Oh, this is going to be so easy. And I mean, I found my entire life there in that class. And after then, I was going two, three times a week. I was also seeing a chiropractor because I've been in a couple of car wrecks, not my own fault, but, you know, it jolts the body, throws the alignment off. So I was seeing this uh, wonderful chiropractor and I said, hey, I started taking Pilates and, you know, I've been feeling really good. And he said, great. He says, the best thing you could ever do, come to me twice a week go to Pilates two or three times a week. And I was like, okay. So I did. And I felt my body change. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And God knows I've done, I haven't done every, you know, exercise method there is. But I mean, that was back in the day, day, day. (laughs) But, you know, but I never experienced anything like this. You know, it's just like my body feels realigned. I feel, you know, stronger, stronger. And a different kind of strength than you would with, you know, with, with weight training. That's, it's a different kind of strength training. But what it does do for you is that it helps you do everything else better because the method is centered around making sure that your core body, which is basically your torso, front and back, is strong. And for anybody who lifts, you know you've got to have a pretty strong core. The pull a weight, push a weight, squat a weight. I mean, if you're not connected to your core body at all, really, you're not going to be able to do anything. You're probably going to peak at a certain time and stuff like that. So, and also you have to be able to protect your body, yeah. you know, your back and all that kind of stuff like that, your hips and things like that. And so it just like, it blew my mind. I just never experienced anything like it. And I only started, with mat classes because that's that was what she taught and later on when i decided to get certified then that's when i started to experience the equipment and that's a whole other like well that's a whole other mind-blowing situation right there just experiencing the the springs and i mean just when you think you got it on the mat, you really don't you mm-hmm. know So from there, I decided that I, you know, I I wanted to specifically take this to my own community, the black community, because I was like, I didn't know, you know, no one had ever told me about this. And she, you know, she's a black woman. And I was just like, well, why don't we, why doesn't my community know about Pilates? This is great, you know? And so I decided to get certified, got certified, you know, pretty much the rest is history and found myself teaching full time i gone through some really like tough times, like divorce and things like that. And so I was also in social work at the time and had lost my job, you know, so I just threw myself into it. Yeah. From there, I just started to, I started to work for this big box gym, which I always say re- will remain anonymous unless you look on my LinkedIn, <laughs> but I worked for them for five years and kind of found out who I was as an instructor Work with, I don't know how many different types of bodies and, you know, just kind of found out who I was as an instructor. So, yeah. And, you know, here I am, you know, teaching Pilates full time and teaching classes and things like that. And so it's been a great ride. I've learned a lot about myself as an instructor and just a lot about myself as a person. And I think that's one of the things that Pilates kind of helped me do because it's like, it's not something that you can do without being present. You have to be present to be able to do it. And I mean, really present. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, when you go lift, you don't have to be present, but sometimes you can kind of just, you know, you can kind of zone out a minute, you know? And I'm sure probably when you're doing your wads, like you just kind of zone out a moment, you know, you do your wad, boom you know, and all that kind of stuff like that. And with Pilates, you can't really zone out like that. You just can't. And so it really just kind of like brought me back to who I was as an individual and who I could be. And so I took all those things into my lifting and into my life. And it just made me a better person. I mean, I still have lots of stuff to work on. God knows but we it's yes <laughs> so much more just when you think you got it you don't have it um <laughs> at all <laughs> but yeah it's just it's I tell everyone that Pilates just makes everything better because there's nothing out there that's going to help you do Pilates better unless you do Pilates hands down there's absolutely nothing that's absolutely awesome. nothing yeah
1: what has been some of your biggest takeaways? Before I ask that question, I started Pilates a couple of years ago. Did you?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then I mm-hmm. went for like four classes, and then I took like a year and a half off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then
2: you
0: started again. But this maybe, what, this year, classes? I think,
1: like, was it's been pretty regular, uh-huh. uh huh, at once a week, and so it's been it's probably the hardest stuff I've ever done. You know? Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. as I. I progressed. Our our friend is our teacher here in Maine. Okay. Body's instructor. Yeah. Her and name
0: mm-hmm. is Hope Matthews. If anyone lives in Maine.
1: Yeah, and so she. Okay. She's great. It is. It, it's, it's more consistent. Than you go. You start mm-hmm. to to really reconnect with and put your system and like I've noticed that with muscle connection and how things mm-hmm. are moving together. Mm-hmm. The one thing I was concerned about is I would watch myself work out. I had a, like a bulging belly. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I would see some of these people online that are like ripped with six packs, but they have these bellies that bulge out. And I was like, that looks so weird. And <laughs> okay. she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, she's like, you can get stuck like that. Mm-hmm. If you, don't, you know, if you're not engaged correctly, so you can overcome it. And it just, you know, came down to breathing, et cetera, and using muscles. Mm-hmm. So I'm relearning how to like use my body. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But my question for you is as you, cause you talked about, you know, being a Pilates student, the biggest thing was like being present.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What about being an instructor? Like what is like one or two things that have really stuck out for you that's as a teacher, that's just like, wow, this was pretty mind blowing.
2: Hmm. You know, I guess I feel like every time I see a new body, like there's just something new every time. And I was just telling one of my clients today that, Cause I'm extremely observant. I think it just comes from being a social worker too, but that's also me and just, you know, just today, something really simple. I came up with this new cue just by watching her, just by watching her body move. And so I think that that's definitely something as far as, you know, other things, what else have I learned Here's something I learned about myself. And maybe, I don't know if this answers your question or not, but one of the things that I thought about as I left social work and moved into more you know, fitness is that I felt like I had to disconnect from my previous career, which I did love. I still love it. I felt like I needed to disconnect. And I found that I didn't, that I was literally doing the same thing. And particularly with Pilates, you know, they talk about it being a mind-body exercise. I mean, I think every exercise is mind-body, but Pilates in particular because you're connecting on such a deeper level with your body and you have to pay attention to everything that's going on, that sometimes it brings up emotions out of that client. And I've had, I've had mm-hmm. a few clients actually cry on me for just different things, you know. And so that's something I just, I didn't expect mm-hmm. from Pilates. It's like, it's exercise, you know, we're here to do this. You know, I didn't expect you to start crying on me, but, but that, you know, that was something that was, that was pretty, pretty new, but I realized, you know, it really is exercise and or Pilates. It really truly is a mind body connection. And if, if you really connect on that deeper level, like you'll probably pull up some things that you never thought you'd pull up, you know? And so that was, that was an eye opener for me. And I realized that even though I was no longer in social work, you know, I was still those same skills. I was still kind of using those because I, I had to stand there and probably sometimes listen to my client, you know, after they've cried or, you know, they've had a tough day, you know, and maybe the hundred might've brought all that stuff up, you know, or Mm -hmm. the roll up or, you know, or any like hanging exercise. I mean, anything, you know, it could be a trigger for them. And so that was a big takeaway that exercises and Pilates, so to speak, is, it's not just it's not just old exercise, it's not just that and that's it. You know, there's so much more to it, you know, and your emotions are connected to movement. And so this movement heals, but it also brings stuff up. You know, bring stuff up so then you can deal with it and you can start the healing process, whatever that is. Yeah. And so I don't know if that answered your question mm-hmm. or if I went around it, but no, that's yeah, great. that's absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've definitely
0: found myself crying in yoga class and, you know, various times. Yeah, you do movement and suddenly something gets unlocked. So I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Yeah. I definitely want to circle back to when you mentioned wanting to bring Pilates to your community, to the black community, and really talking about representation in fitness Mm -hmm. Um, Mm because when you recently reached out, that was also a focus of the conversation. So Mm -hmm. can you talk to us more about just about that and your mission behind it?
2: Yeah. So I, it kind of, let me just go back to kind of how it started just to give you some context, so I was actually in a pretty – it started actually years before it actually started. It was had a different name, and I wasn't going to be the person who was leading it. I was just like, I, you know, I'm still kind of young in the business, and I really need someone who, you know, has been in the business a long time so we can get this started. It was under a different name, Pilates Instructors of Color, and it kind of didn't didn't go over very well because just schedules – you know, a lot of them were dancing. I'm not a dancer or anything like that, but a lot of them were dancing and performing and so it's really hard to kind of get together and put things together and stuff like that. So twenty seventeen comes around and I'm kind of in a low place and just trying to figure out like what am I supposed to do in life and you know, is Pilates really it and there has to be so much more to me being in this business, you know, and there's so many things I want to do in my community and So the idea came back up again. Before I knew it, um, I was asking two Instagram friends of mine, you know, hey, I want to start this group up of black women who teach Pilates. You know, what do you think? Do you know people who, you know, some other black women who teach it? I only know a few. I want to start this Facebook group. And so they helped me find some folks on Instagram, started following them, said, hey, you know, tell them what I was doing, started my group. And I really, where Black Girl Pilates is now, I did not expect for it to be anywhere close to this, to be honest. I was a little afraid to start it just because of it would appear to be divisive because mm. it's for Black women and it's for Black women who teach Pilates and the name. But I was willing to develop a thick skin and deal with it because I was like, that's the mission is to make sure that we're represented within the Pilates method. And also outside of that, you know talk about the importance of representation in the fitness arena period. So I got a chance to meet Catrice Jackson. I think you guys might have interviewed her. Online, but we know. Oh, you haven't? You know, I think you guys interviewed you guys talked to Rachel, but um, so Catrice Jackson, I got a chance to meet her and online and I talked to her and I said, Hey, you know, this is something that I'm wanting to do, and you know, but I just need to talk to somebody about it. Here's my idea, here's kind of what the mission is, and she was just like, You should do it, and I was like, Okay. And I just, you know, it's kind of sad to say, but I kind of needed somebody to just give me that nudge or that okay, you know, sort of like a mom. And she was that person. And so she gave me the courage to do it. So I started it and, uh, you know, it grew pretty quickly. And then from there, the thing that just kind of like, I guess, took us over the fence or got us out there was I wrote an article about the lack of black female representation for Girls Gone Strong and that article came out immediately after Charlottesville which they specifically did because as you know there was a lot going on during that and from there things have just like skyrocketed. I now have in my Facebook group almost 300 black women who teach Pilates wow. uh, all over the world. And we do have brothers. We don't have a group for them, but uh, we have a fairly, we have a fairly large following. And, you know, we've met up a couple times, you know, folks from all over the U S and things like that. And from outside, we have a meetup once a year. And so now, you know, we're just kind of like out there. Some of the things that I've experienced since then, I have been called racist, which I can't be racist because, well, I can't. And, you know, black people are not the dominant culture. We don't necessarily rule the world or the U.S. or whatever. And we don't have a say in a lot of things that go on in the world. And so I've had, you know, I've had several, you know, white women try to join just to see if I, you know, let them in the group. And, you know, I would instantly decline and things like that. So, yeah, I've mostly, mostly been called just divisive and racist mm-hmm. because I wouldn't allow white people in the group. But what I have attempted to explain to folks is that the space is also a safe space for us because Pilates, although it is wonderful, it's an amazing method. I think everyone should do it. For us as Black instructors, it's also a very white space for us because there's only, I mean, you could probably walk in any studio and you might see see one Black instructor, maybe one. If you see more than that, then that's a big deal. But typically you'll see maybe one, if not any at all. A lot of the workshops at a lot of the bigger conventions, you won't see very much representation of us. Obviously, there's there's a lot of us because well, there's almost 300 in, in my group. But yet, even with that, you know, we're still there's still little to no representation of us. So since the group has started, we have had some great things happen. There's a magazine called Pilates Style Magazine, mm-hmm. and we've had two of the girls in our group be featured on on the front of the magazine which is a big deal the very first girl who was featured she was also in Black Panther she was one of the Dora Milaje mm-hmm. uh-huh. and yeah her name is Zola Williams she was the yeah. very first black woman to be on Hawaii Style Magazine ever and then September we had Emily Battle and she was she was the second black female to be on the front of the magazine and that's a really big deal this magazine's been around for i'm sure 10 to 12 years and there's never ever been a black female to my knowledge on the front of the magazine other than there was wendy williams so she doesn't count because she's a she's a celebrity she's not an instructor yeah so yeah. it's like you know, oh. put any celebrity on there yeah so she doesn't count but to actually see them there you know, featured on the front of the magazine, featured inside. I mean, it was, it was amazing. You know, I stopped buying the magazine because I just, I wasn't seeing me or anybody who looked like me. And if I did, it was like a tiny photo or it's very, you know, it wasn't much. But to actually see them, you know, to see myself represented or to see us represented on this magazine, you know, that's, you know, with a method that's very white, it was awesome. It was awesome. And it started to open doors for them and open doors for the group. And that was the whole, you know, that was the whole mission was to make sure that people see or that, you know, that are in the method that, you know, they're just as great as anybody else, you know, that we also teach Pilates that black people want to take Pilates, you know, and, you know, a lot of the times the reason why we're not taking is because we walk into a room and you don't see anybody who looks like you. And representation matters as we know it does. So you go where you feel like you're represented, you go where you feel like you're comfortable. And if you're not, you know, you'll either keep going and just deal with the, you know, with being uncomfortable or you'll just stop going altogether and you'll find some place where it is comfortable or where you do feel safe. And in my group, you know, this is a safe space for them to discuss, the things that they go through on a daily basis. When Charlottesville happened, and I mentioned this several times before in interviews, when Charlottesville happened, one of the things that I did was I went into the group and I asked them how they were doing because it was, you know, that was that was a really difficult time for black America, you know, to see, you know, something like that going on, you know, right in front of our eyes and to know that we have to go to work the next day mm-hmm. and teach in very white spaces. We had just, well, not, well, I guess we had just, had we just elected this new administration, but he was in, he's in there. Yeah, <laughs> so nine, It had been about nine months
0: prior, eight or eight mm-hmm. or so mm-hmm. months prior, or no. Yeah. 10 months prior, something like that.
2: Yeah. And so, you know, here we are dealing with Charlottesville, you know, the new administration, police brutality you know of of black men and black women and then having to go in and be okay that's a tough thing to do because you got to go in and you got to you know you got to work them out you can't cry you can't be upset you know you have money to make you have a family to feed or whatever or yourself to feed and you have to go in and just pretend nothing happened and so you know my group is that space for them to be able to talk about it and a lot of them were really upset. A lot of them didn't want to go to work. They didn't feel safe. They didn't know, you know, they didn't even feel supported at work. You know, so the group gave them that, that space to be able to talk about it. And I got a chance to, you know, speak to a lot of them on the phone. I said, listen, if you need to, you know, if you just need to talk or cry or whatever, like I'm happy to, you know, they all have my phone number. They know that they can call me at any time. And you know, a lot of them were just, you know, they're really broken up about it. It was, it was a very scary time for them. And so I, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, this idea was put into my heart to do because then they wouldn't have a space, you know, of a bunch of women who look like them to talk about it. And if we had, if I allowed white instructors to be a part of that space, we wouldn't feel safe to talk about that. Yeah, You know, we'd still have to kind of like, be careful what we say, because that's what we have to do at work every day. We can't talk about, you know, how we felt about Charlottesville or any of the, any of the things that's gone on since then. And not that you necessarily discuss politics, but sometimes, and I've had this happen, sometimes you'll have clients, they'll bring up political things. They'll bring up, you know, you know, they bring up, oh, did you watch, you know, the did you watch the, the voting results and things like that? Oh, well, yeah, kind of. I mean, you know, they'll talk about it. And right. sometimes you'll have those clients who did vote for him. And they'll say, you know, they think that he's the best candidate. You know, meanwhile, you have to be like, okay, you know, that's great. You know, oh, did you hear about Charlottesville? Yeah, you know, well, that's, you know, that's a horrible thing. But, you know, they'll have the opposite. They'll think the opposite of what you think that they would think that's horrible grammar but but yeah so yeah it's just been it's been a saving grace not just for the women in my group but also for me too i really i did it for i did it for me too because i i just didn't have anybody you know i mean the few people that i had that i just didn't i didn't want to be alone yeah and i knew there are other people out there who didn't want to be alone too so i created what was not there, those are the best ideas, yeah, yeah, and every time I go in the group and you know I just it's you know it's it's emotional going in there for me because I see these women who are you know their their moms and their wives and their partners and their their business owners, and you know they're extremely intelligent and they're talented and they're just you know, they're triple and quadruple threats. And, you know, and I just feel so blessed to be in their presence, you know, and I'm just honored to say that I consider each and every one of them friends and sisters. And I would, you know, I've told them many times, I said, I I will, you know, I'll fight for you guys, because you guys are like the family. You're like a family that I lost, that I'm finding now. I use this example. If you guys have ever seen The Color Purple, there's mm-hmm. there's a scene where where Celie actually, she sees her sister again and there's like this field and they run to each other in the field and they end up hugging each other and she meets her kids. And so that's how I see them. I feel like, you know, we were torn apart and, and now here we are, and we're running running in the field to each other and we hug each other and we're back together again. And that's how i feel every time I go in that group that I have found my family in Pilates again, mm. you know, so I don't feel like that by myself. And I hope that they feel the same way. And I hope that I'm, I hope that this space is providing the safety that they need and the home that they need when yeah. it gets rough out there.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. It's beautiful.
2: It's really yeah. beautiful work you're doing. Thank you. Thank I don't realize it until when I have to talk about it, like it just gets, and, you know, you really love something when it causes you to just, it causes you to cry, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't really like being vulnerable because I'm a bit of a tomboy, but when you talk about your kids, you get, you know, and then this is almost like having another baby and, you know, all those women are, you know, I, do anything for them. They're -hmm. just absolutely amazing. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I feel honored that they would even allow me in their lives. And yeah, they're just incredible. They're all incredible. I wish I could name all 300 of them, (laughs) but I can't remember everybody's name. That's a lot. That's a lot of people.
0: people. (laughs) Now, if anyone is listening, who is a black Pilates instructor or who knows one, they can look up the group. Black yeah, they, on Facebook. yeah,
2: they yeah. can. It's on Facebook under black girl Pilates. And we're also on Instagram under black girl Pilates. So it'd be pretty easy to find. And yeah, so if, if you're out there and you are a black female Pilates instructor, or even if you're a male, you know, I'd love for you guys to reach out to us. And on the Instagram, I feature a lot of the instructors in my group. And we've done a bunch of different kinds of features. We've done Recently, I just finished up a studio feature. So a lot of them own studios in different states and cities and then, you know, outside the US. So I featured a bunch of them. I'll do a Man Crush Monday sometimes. Which yeah, is another, usually another like feature. yes, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've done, uh, you know, we'll do Women Crush Wednesday sometimes. But I try to feature them as much as possible. It's rare that you'll see me there. If you do, it's because I've met someone. Yeah. You know, I've actually met one of the, the sisters or the brothers or something like that in person. and We've just never met before, but I try to make it just more about them. Cause I mean, I have my own, you know, I could feature myself on my own thing, but it's more, it's more about like getting them out there. And so people can see them and all that stuff. But if folks are, are out there and they are interested in being a part of the group, I'd love to have them. So they can go on Facebook And go under the event not the events tab but the they can go under the groups tab and there's there's actually two groups i have two groups one is specifically for instructors for black female instructors and then i have another group that's specifically for black women who are interested in pilates or interested in talking to someone who looks like them who teaches pilates or maybe even finding classes in their area or instructor in their in their area or you know, some of the, I do have a few of them who are interested in teaching. And so I can always, you know, refer them to one of the instructors in our group that that does certification or, mm-hmm. you know, we can guide them some kind of way or do mentoring and all that kind of stuff like that. So we provide lots of information for those women who are not instructors as yet. Amazing. So, yeah, so we got a little bit for everybody almost.
0: And if people almost. want to follow your personal Instagram to follow your powerlifting journey and and Mm -hmm. other exciting things that you're doing, it's Commando Fitness Collective, correct?
2: Yes. Yes. It's a collective of everything that I do, which is everything from being a mom (laughs) to powerlifting, some Pilates stuff, all the articles that I've written. So you'll see lots of those things and podcast interviews and things like that. So you'll see everything me pretty much. Yeah this is so yeah. great. I loved listening so, to you tell your stories. It was amazing.
0: Really appreciate yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys. It was almost, it's sort of like, it's kind of like we're sitting across each other, at a, you know, on the couch and the fires burn in and we're drinking coffee. I can't drink coffee anymore, unfortunately, but you know, it's kind of <laughs> like that. I like how you guys, I like how you have it structured. It's very, you know, it's, it's very like organic, mm. you know, and you get to be yourself you know it's not yeah i like i like that thank you i like yes. it it makes it easier to be yourself and that's what's mm-hmm. important we especially really. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so thank you guys so much
1: i listened to a podcast you were on earlier today mm-hmm. just as a preparation for this and then even right now you just talked about being yourself have you like have you really kind of found who you are more over the last couple of years than previously? Oh, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Because you mentioned a few things and I was like, I feel like now you're really like kind of coming out of, you're like finding out who you really are as we all are. Right. But
2: (laughs) yeah. Oh, absolutely. I definitely have. And I really believe that starting black girl Pilates has really like brought me out even more so I mean, I felt like I was what I consider a badass before, but now like I really have to be a badass because of the shots that I'm taking for this group, you know, of the things that I speak out against, of the things that I write. And, you know, also with age, I mean, you start to, you know, you, you start to figure out what you, you know, what you want and what you'll take and what you won't take. My mom used to she told me back way back in the day day she said well your 30s is kind of like and I hope it's okay to curse on here if it's not you can bleep it out okay she's like it's very much okay but my mom used to call the 30s like you know like the you know the it wasn't really the fuck at 30s but you know it's kind of like well you know I don't really you know fuck that shit you know 30s (laughs) and then 40s was like basically the fuck at 40s that's where I am now but i'm at the end of my fucking 40s i'm at the end of i really don't give a fuck 50s like <laughs> i don't not at all relationships <laughs> what you think what you say how you feel you know you just really and my mom was right you really don't you really don't give a fuck and i understand like someone who's you know you have those those older folks in your, in your family, you know, they're in their sixties and seventies and they pretty much say whatever the hell they want. You know, that's like, I kind of feel like that. I mean, well, sometimes I think they're a little much, but, but I mean, that's how I feel now. You know, I, I'm starting to feel, and I'm not even saying that, you know, that I've arrived by any means, but I'm starting to feel a lot more sure of who I am and what I want and what I'm just not going to take anymore. You know, all the bullshit that I took back in, you know, my thirties and, you know, part of even my forties. And I was like, I'm not going to take that shit anymore. You know, I'm very open and, and blunt with people. And if it's something that I don't like, then I'll let you know. And if it's something that I do like, then I'll let you know that too. And it doesn't matter what it is, relationships, Pilates, you know, lifting, you know, whatever it is, food, you know, I'll let you know, you know, and, That's why I feel like people putting death on 40s, you know, that's when you're really coming into your own. I mean, like, really. And I tell my kids, like, listen, you know what? Every year that you get older, you're always going to reevaluate yourself. You're going to be different every year of your life. And that's fine. You're supposed to. That's what's supposed to happen. Just like, you're supposed to get strong every year of your life. You're not supposed to come out of your mom's womb, be strong, then get weak, then die. That makes no sense. <laughs> if that was the case, why live, right? Like, why be here on this earth? Your purpose is to come out of my womb, be strong, get stronger, physically and mentally. So then when you die, like, hey, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, so this another day and that's gone. You know, I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, we're not just supposed to just lie there and die. I can't, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys are what I don't, I can I assume, you know, can you imagine that that's what people want? That's basically what people want us to tell our children. No, like, okay, good. when you, you know, Rebecca and Jeremy, those are my kids. So when you turn 40, you need to like start wrapping it up because it's about to be over, you know, like get your coffin ready and, you know, let everybody, do you want to be cremated or, you know, let's go. And I understand, you know, you've got to get things ready, you know, cause you never know when those things are going to happen, but I don't know when that's going to happen. So in the meantime, what, do, what am I supposed to do? Live my life. Yeah. So yeah. Do I feel like I've grown tremendously? Oh, hell yeah. Do I, have I developed a really thick ass skin? Absolutely. Will I keep developing that dick-ass skin? Absolutely. Am I willing to do it? Sure the hell am. (laughs) It's worth every, it's worth it all. Black Girl Pilates is worth it. My kids, I'm worth it. And, you know, I'm excited about, you know, what the new year is going to bring. And, you know, we all make mistakes. You know, we all make mistakes. I'm making mistakes as we speak. And I just want to be better every year. I want to be stronger every year, whether that's stronger physically or stronger mentally. That's what I want. That's mm. what I want. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid anymore to be who I am. So you either take me or you leave me. Because my mom told me, and she's a Southern mom, you don't need that many friends. So she's like, you don't need that many friends. <laughs> and i was like you yeah, know well, she's right she is right <laughs> she is so right and this is a southern black mom and she's you know she's no joke and i realized you know what she's right i don't need that many friends and the ones who are really your friends and who are there when you are one person another person and this person and that person you know those are your friends the ones who aren't your friends are the ones who are not going to be able to deal with your, with your change, or maybe they're not supposed to be there in that season yeah. of your life. I can say that I have, I have an amazing group of folks who some, you know, some newer people come into this new season with me. And I have some people who've been in the see you know, in all the seasons, you know, I've been summer, winter, fall, spring, and everything. Else, and, and, you know, and beyond, <laughs> So many times, but they've, you know, but they've been right there with me. They've been right there with me. And those are the friends that my mom said are worth keeping. Yeah. So, hell yeah. To have I grown? Am I still growing? Yep. I can't wait to see what I'm going to be like at 60 because 50 is hell on wheels. <laughs> I, can't
1: either. I know. It'll be amazing. That's
2: amazing.
1: Oh,
0: oh, yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thank you, you guys. Are- Thanks for your time. You are
0: a joy. This is really fun and I so appreciate your insights and your stories and, and all of it. And I just look forward to continuing along, following along the journey. And hopefully if I'm ever in New York, maybe I can come in for a training session.
2: I would love that. Yeah. You would really Yeah. I would love that. So it I'll look be you fun. Up. Um, yeah, thank definitely. Thank you for
0: your time. So, for all listening, please follow Black Girl Pilates on Instagram and Commando Fitness Pilates so you can see what Sonia's, the powerful work she's up to. Thank you. Yeah.
2: You are welcome. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye. So
0: for years, I've been thinking about holding and hosting a high level mastermind, paid mastermind for a small group of women who really want to go deep over a long period of time to take their businesses to the next level. I've had the opportunity to be in close conversation with a lot of business owners who are further along in their journey than me and kind of learn things behind the scenes while we're making eggs in the morning or like curled up on the couch with tea at night. And those opportunities have been so valuable for our business growth. And I want to offer that kind of small, intimate, going deep opportunity. And so I finally decided there were a couple of signs. It is time. And I am officially opening doors to the Origin Incubator. So this is for entrepreneurs who identify as female, who are well-established, so you have consistent revenue, you have consistent customers, you more or less know what your offerings are, and it's high level, and it's going to be small, only 10 women, and some of those spots are already filled, so if this sounds good to you and you would like to work with me quite closely in 2019 and also have an opportunity to work a little bit with Mike throughout, head over to origincollective.com forward slash incubator. So again, that's origincollective.com forward slash incubator. And you can learn more about the program and you can learn about how you can apply. I hope to see you in the program.